You're listening to True Stories Told Live. Welcome to Speakeasy, where our tellers get on stage with their whole, authentic, beautifully human selves and speak their experience. No notes, just the memory of a life lived. On our stage, you'll hear humor, hope, embarrassment, disappointment, grief, lust, anger, love, remembrance, the whole brilliant and nuanced spectrum of what it is to live as individuals in community with others. Here at Speakeasy, our incredibly gracious audience holds all of it, sighing together, laughing together, crying together, and cheering our hearts out together. There's a symbiotic thing we've got going here between our tellers and our listeners, where each person creates that sacred space that just unflinchingly holds each other's stories, where we bear bits of our souls and bear witness. Join us the first Thursday of every month in Columbus, Ohio, at 7 p.m., where we gather at Wild Goose Creative, nestled in amongst the gallery's newest art exhibit. With a simple theme as inspiration, 10 tellers sign up, brave up, step up in front of a microphone, and get honest. What you're about to hear is one of those stories. Hi. Um, so I struggled with this topic, like the theme, blessing in disguise, because the term blessing, like to me, kind of invokes that like divine intervention thing, and I don't like that. So if I say anything that offends anybody, if you're super religious or whatever, I'm sorry, but I'm going to say it. Um, so I'm not an atheist, but I think I want to be. Um, <laughs> but like, I believe in a, like a greater power of some sort. Like I believe in the universe, and I believe that like, you know, the universe moves in certain ways or whatever. And you know, like I question all the things that people question and stuff, but I don't believe in God or Jesus or any of that stuff. Um, and that started because of like how I was raised. My parents were not uh, religious in any kind of way. We never went to church or anything. Uh, I've mentioned before on this stage about like the weird upbringing I had. I grew up in like this largely Italian Catholic town in the middle of Connecticut. And my dad, um, was Catholic, which is weird for, you don't find a lot of black Catholics in the United States, especially in Torrington, Connecticut. Um, but he was Catholic, and so when my family, before I was born, first moved to this town, my dad went to the, um, the biggest Catholic church, which for a tiny town of like less than 30,000 people, it had all these like really huge cathedral type Catholic churches because it was super Catholic. So. He went to the biggest one in the, in the middle of our two street downtown and he walked into the church and he told the guy, the, he saw the priest and he said, you know, I'm Catholic and I've got all these kids and I, this is where we're gonna go to church. And the, Catholic, the priest looked at my father immediately and was like, you're not, you don't belong here because it was not Italian and also not white. And so my dad was like, well, fuck that. We're not going to any church. And so I was not raised in any church except for um, one summer when I was about four or five years old, there was this Assemblies of God church like right around the corner from where we lived and they had Sunday school 
for like K through 12 and they had a bus that would go around the town and pick people up. And so my parents had all these kids and they worked a lot and they were like, okay, you're getting on the bus and you're going to Sunday school because that was the only time that they could be alone and have sex, which the fact that my dad told me that when I was older was weird, but I get it now that I have kids and stuff. Um, so that just lasted a summer and then there was nothing. So like we did the, the secular Christian holidays, like Christmas, but nobody talked about Jesus. We did Easter, but it, I never knew what the resurrection was until I was older. Um, and then when I, w when I graduated high school, I was in this really weird space. So I had applied to go to this one college, and I was a straight-A student all through school, and I only applied to go to one school because it was the only place I wanted to go to, and I got in, but of course my parents couldn't afford to send me. So long story short, um, I just decided to take a gap year and just kind of like travel and hang out and find myself and stuff. And so at the end of, I worked all summer long and saved a bunch of money. And then when all my friends went off to college, I went to Dublin, Ireland for four months. Um, I was really obsessed with Ireland at that time. So I went there and it was great because I was 18. Yeah, I was 18. And so, um, and I had like a pocket full of money and I was this young, cute American like hanging out in Dublin, Ireland and it was wild and it was great. Um, and I met some other like just people that were traveling and kind of doing the same thing that I was doing and I hooked up with a couple of friends and we got this little apartment and I got this job that I worked like one day a week and made no money. So we stayed in this little flat which was in a house that had like three other flats and it was me and three people in like this one bedroom thing and um, we were there for about six weeks but we never paid the rent so we got kicked out um, but there was this other guy who lived up on the third floor his name was Alan and I adored him and he was adorable and sweet and funny but he was super super Christian and very very saved and so he would just always talk to me about like, you're gonna burn in hell, you, you need to be saved. And so I was just like, yeah, 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 drink this beer with us. But then eventually, <laughs> after we got kicked out of the, the flat, like our little friend group kind of broke up and nobody had any place to stay. So Alan was like, well, just come stay with me. And I was like, okay, that'll be great. And so I go to stay with him and then it's just this nonstop burning in hell thing. And, you know, I was 18 and very impressionable. So I was like, oh my God, like, so then I got saved. So he takes me to this church that he would go to and um, he introduced me to the pastor and his wife who were also American. And that was kind of cool um, because the, the pastor and his wife were from Assemblies of God. Like, does anyone know what that is? It's like a church group that's all over the place. So, um, they were from the Assemblies of God Church and they were sent to Dublin, Ireland to open up like this Pentecostal church thing that we were a part of. And the really cool part about it was those people, like that couple, knew the pastor and his wife of the Assemblies of God Church in the town that I grew up in, which happened to be the church that I would go to Sunday school so my parents could fuck. And so I was like, oh my God. And everyone was like, this is, you know, divine intervention and the Lord puts you on this path and, you know, Jesus is doing this for you. And I was like, yeah, he really is. This is great. So eventually, 
after couch surfing and not having any money, I decided like, okay, it's time to go back to the United States. So I go back home and immediately I'm like, I have to go and join this church because I'm being called to do this. This is the path that the Lord has set before me. So I go there and immediately I was just like, this is where I belong. And the people were like, okay, who are you? Like, what is this? And it was really strange because I was so excited to feel like I belonged somewhere and to feel part of something. And I think that that's what like a church community provides for a lot of people. And, and at that point in my life, that's really what I was looking for, like just that sense of purpose. And so it was this really like, in this largely Catholic town that I grew up in, to have something that wasn't Catholic was very strange. So they were very like this hardcore Pentecostal insular type of community. And they had a K through 12 school, which was like, kind of like homeschooling, but even weirder in this situation. And there were, it was like K through 12, but there were only 20 kids ages six to 18. And they all, like, they didn't know anybody outside of their own little community, and they only, like, they married each other, and n nobody knew anybody else. And so, um, and then I show up, and I'm like, hey, guys. And, um, like, the people at the church didn't know what to do with me because, like, I wasn't K through 12. I had graduated high school, but I wasn't an adult. And so they're like, well, you need to join the youth group. And I thought that was kind of weird because... I was feeling like this young adult and I had lived unsuccessfully and very briefly on my own, but I was grown at that point. Um, so they put me in this youth group and there were like, I don't know, like three or four kids that were like 17, 18, 19 years old and I would try to hang out with them. And there was this one night that I'll never forget, we, there was this, um, a couple towns away, it was like some revival type thing and so everybody like, packed up in the church van and we're getting on the highway and we're going to go to the revival. And it was all these like awkward teenagers and me, I was also an awkward teenager, and then like a couple of moms sitting at the front. And it was in the winter and the heat wasn't working in the van so we're all like huddled in the back of the van and somebody had a blanket and the, one of the moms that was sitting up front kept turning around and like glaring at me. And I'm like, what the fuck, bitch? What the fuck are you looking at? And so she just kept like glaring and like, what are you guys doing back there? And, you know, I can't see your hands. And I was like, what, you think I'm jacking off your ugly son underneath my coat? Like, <laughs> give me a break. But I tried to let that go. But I never could because it just, it reminded me of how these people in their group just always um, made me like, they, the way they acted around me and the way they treated me just reminded me that I was other. So I left the church because I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I kind of just wandered around in my life for a few months and then some shit happened and on a whim, I decided to join the army because I thought that's what you do. And um, so I joined the army and that was cool. So I get sent, like all this stuff happens and then I end up going to Germany <laughs> and then I meet my, someone who became my husband, who is cringing right there. <laughs> and um, 
And I guess that's the blessing in disguise, if you want to call it that, is that I went through this period in my life where I was just kind of wandering and looking for something and looking for that thing to feel like I belong and I have a sense of purpose and like the last thing that anybody ever expected me to do was the thing that like put me on the path of my life. Because I've got a great life. I've been happily married for 20, 29 years-ish. We've been together for over 30 years. We've got three kids. We're happy. We've got a great life. So that's the blessing. But I don't want to call it that because it's not because God put us on this path or whatever. Like shit happens. And you can't tell somebody that whose child dies or who's a victim of a mass shooting or like someone who experiences some horrible tragedy that it's a blessing in disguise. There's no disguise there. Like sometimes horrible shit happens. And then sometimes good things happen. And bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people. And it's what Life is what we make of those situations and how we move on and what we do to build our lives after that. So that's it. Thank you.